The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mesrowski. Residents of Cheektowaga packed a town board meeting last night to hear the latest plans for migrants being housed in their community. WBEN's Max Ferry was there. A long and contentious meeting ensued inside the Cheektowaga Town Council chambers last night. I'm not against it, but I'm against him coming here and telling us that we will do as he pleases. I did not hear anything about reimbursements to the town for the cost of police services denying our residents police service while they're dealing with asylum seekers. And that's gonna be put on the burden of the taxpayers. As citizens, the town board and Erie County officials continue to grapple with issues emerging as a result of hundreds of asylum seekers being housed in multiple Cheektowaga hotels. Before citizens aired their grievances ranging from lack of coordination between government officials and the costs associated with migrant children coming to Maryvale schools, Cheektowaga Supervisor Diane Benchkowski announced a plan of action communicated to her by Erie County Executive Mark Polencars. For asylum seekers being housed at a hotel on Dingen Street. And he told me the following. The Dingen Street facility is still going to be closed down as a homeless shelter for migrants. So it is going to be closed. They have identified a hotel outside of Cheektowaga to transfer the migrants. They are moving them, hopefully this week, to a hotel in Amherst in the Sweet Home School District. Meanwhile, residents are still concerned with the 66 school-aged migrants coming to the Maryvale School District. Um, I do know that Superintendent D'Angelo had to submit his budget July 1st. We already have two ENL teachers. They're going to have to hire a third one. The class sizes are going to be bigger. Our teachers are already under stress. These teachers are going to have to take time away from our students to help these other kids that are coming in. And I'm worried that these kids are not properly immunized. Supervisor Benchkowski says they have reached out to state officials to seek financial aid for Maryvale. Link to the full board meeting is available to you at WBEN.com. This is Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. Hi, Max. Thank you. Governor Hochul was asked about the migrant issue while in western New York yesterday. There is a level of vetting that occurs at the border, literally, when people present themselves. And I want everyone to understand this. These are people who have not snuck in in the dead of night and found their way to New York City. When you're seeking asylum, you're leaving a country like Venezuela, where for the last decade there's been an oppressive regime in charge. And there is violence in the streets and gangs and shootings and uh, people being persecuted because of their political beliefs. Other countries around the world have received specific status that allows them to seek asylum in our country. There are questions about their background. They have to present documentation as to who they are. So there is an initial screening that occurs at the border. We have National Guard at a request of the county executive who wanted extra support. We have 108 Guard members here in Erie County alone to support the efforts of the asylum seekers protect the community in the sense that they're lending that kind of support to law enforcement. But also, we have provided $120 million extra in our budget this year to local law enforcement to help them do their jobs. But I know there have been two incidences. They have been highlighted. I know they're deeply concerning. But there are over 500 people here now, and I'm grateful that this community has been so welcoming. Hochul was also asked about new poll numbers that show not only do 82% of New Yorkers believe the migrant issue is a serious problem, but 
that Hochul's approval rating is at a new low. It has no impact on how my jo- I do my job because I get up every single day and focus on three things. How to make New York more affordable, how to make it more livable, and how to make it safer. Everything I focus on falls under that umbrella, and I get up every day and roll up my sleeves and get to work and not paying much attention to the political news as it goes up and down. We'll hear more from the governor on this issue throughout the morning on WBEN. Savarino Construction shutting down its operations. The company cites several factors, including a legal dispute between Savarino and the state dormitory authority over a project at Alfred State College. The company says it's working with other contracting companies to take over projects already in progress. Savarino is working on several high-profile projects right now, including redevelopment of the DL&W terminal downtown. 30 Savarino employees are being laid off. We'll call it the retail theft ripple effect. Dick's Sporting Goods says an increasingly serious theft problem is one factor behind a whopping 23% drop in its profits. The retailer joined a growing list of companies, including Target, Home Depot, TJ Maxx, and Ulta, recently sounding the alarm on brazen thieves ransacking stores. The National Retail Federation says organized retail crime is increasing, accounting for $94.5 billion in losses in 2021. The spike in retail theft is being blamed on everything from inflation to what critics call a lack of law enforcement from prosecutors. Wow, that's some big numbers there. Morgan Norwood with the report. UAW workers across the country holding a strike vote this week. WBEN's Tom Puckett looks into why now and what might come of it. I think there's uh, about a 90% chance there will be a strike at one of the three of the big three. Art Wheaton of the Worker Institute at Cornell. I would put my money on Stellantis. There's still a significant chance of a strike at GM and also at Ford, but I put their odds at slightly lower. There seems to be a lot more of the rhetoric and a lot more of the anger uh, aimed at Stellantis directly, but that does not get Ford and GM off the hook of a potential strike as well. Stellantis is Chrysler's parent company. Peter DeJesus of the Western New York Area Labor Federation says it's similar to big deals reached by airline pilots and UPS. I think when you have a situation to where, you know, employees uh, have built the companies up over a period of time, yet the employer doesn't recognize that value. Uh, I think, you know, you're, you're going to see this type of workplace struggle, right? The reality is, is that the big three over the past couple of years have seen billions in profits, profit, uh, yet have been very slow to give that back to those who are actually making those profits for them. The current contracts expire September 14th. Here are the full conversations online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, Tom, thank you. Meanwhile, a new contract deal approved for UPS workers. UPS workers overwhelmingly voting to approve a new five-year contract. The deal was actually reached in late July, but it took four weeks for rank-and-file Teamsters union members to ratify it. The union saying 86% of the votes were in favor of the deal, calling it the highest vote for a contract in the history of the Teamsters at UPS. Before the vote, some part-timers had complained they were being paid less than full-timers for the same work. But the done deal means the threat of a strike is over. Derek Dennis, ABC News. And all eyes on Milwaukee, the site of tonight's GOP debate. The stage is set with eight candidates. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy will take the podiums in center stage. But the frontrunner, Donald Trump, will not be there. This could be a rare moment for candidates to separate themselves from the former president. You're on a date with the American voters tonight. 
Talk about them. You know, they're sick of hearing Donald Trump talk about himself. Former Congresswoman and ABC News contributor Barbara Comstock, Trump counter-programming the debate with an interview with Tucker Carlson. Lionel Moyes, ABC News. All right, uh, we'll be watching for that. Plenty of analysis on what to expect later on tonight. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, mostly cloudy skies, some scattered showers this morning, but a better chance for showers and thunder showers later this afternoon. Highs today in the low 70s. Tonight, scattered showers and thunder showers, overnight lows in the low 60s. On Thursday, partly to mostly cloudy skies, can't rule out a shower, thunder shower, a lot of dry time on Thursday with highs near 80. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Brian, good morning. Thank you for the time. What do you know about migrants being moved to your town? Uh, so far, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, you know, the reality is, uh, you know, we were we were asked to be ready for that to happen, um, but if it was going to happen, uh, there was a certainty that as municipal leaders we would be told when it was happening and where and how and what, um, and it didn't hasn't happened, and not sure if it will happen yet um, at any point, whether it's sooner or later. And other municipal leaders probably ought to just stop speculating or even taking partial information that they were told and talking about it because at the moment the worst thing that we have going on in western new york is we are playing three card monty with a lot of people so you know yeah look if 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 and when you know there's a decision that that new york city um is coordinating something in Amherst. I'll know about it. That did not happen yesterday. It, it, there's not even a certainty that it will happen. So, you know, it's it's just everybody's trying to project what will happen or talk about what they think is going to happen publicly. It's not helpful. The reality is, you know, we've got people involved in this too. Uh, they might not, you know, be uh, here in the traditional manner, a lot of us, but there's people and there's kids involved. And at some point when there's decisions made, then we need to, to figure out how to be respectful of that decision. Um, I'm sorry the supervisor from my neighboring town decided to, to speak out of turn about it but she obviously didn't know exactly what was going on. I, she seemed almost pretty confident that this was the case. I even mentioned the Sweet Home School District, you know, almost as if she knew exactly where these migrants were going. But you're saying that you have not been told anything and that if they were to be moving into Amherst, you would have been told about that. That's correct. They, they did not move. Um, there, there was discussion about um, where might be appropriate places if they were coming here and where I would feel uncomfortable about them going because of other issues. Amherst is a big community. Um, we're not without our own problems. The last thing we want to do is drop people into areas that we have our own problems in. So we'll find out. 
you know, what's all happening, I'm sure, over the course of the next week or so. Um, and, you know, if that's Amherst and Sweet Home, then, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. If it's somewhere else, so be it. You know, it's just, uh, it just doesn't help to, to, to act definitive as though you know what's going on when you're talking about a community that you're, you have no actual leadership within. So, you know, everybody's got to just stop doing that stuff. Would they be welcome in Amherst? You know, if you told me, hey, there were going to be uh, 50-some um, foreign-born people landing in Amherst, I would say, yeah, which day of the week is it? I mean, <laughs> the reality is, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty mixed population here, um, and we have a lot of variations in class. Um, so, you know, do I think that, that people could do well here? Sure, I think that Western New York could handle this if we were thoughtful about it. But it shouldn't be on the municipalities. I know this is going to sound naive politically, but you know, is it too much to hope that the federal government could act in a bipartisan manner to deal with the fact that we have uh, foreign national people here who are seeking asylum or path to citizenship? or at least a better life, I mean, you know, just deal with the problem, right? Just deal with that question of we've allowed people in, but we couldn't figure out how to deal with the housing. That's the problem, not the people, you know, and it, it, there's got to be a federal level response to all this. I mean, how, how the mayor of New York City's office is spending time moving people around the state, trying to figure out where everybody is and coordinating. How's that? How's that? helping New York City grow? How is that helping New York City transform lives? We all have populations of, uh, of displaced people. We all have populations of people who are, you know, essentially homeless, right? Who, who, we have people who couch surf. We have people who are physically, you know, without a place to live already, you know, the government needs to step in. It's a federal level thing. You either are accepting people across your border or you're not. And if you are, then fine. Have a plan. Nobody's got a plan. It shouldn't be a state or municipal level issue. It is. So now we just got to be adults about it, figure out what to do. Um, and, you know, I think, I think all the municipalities in place are trying, everybody's trying their best. This is not an issue that any of them have, any of us have dealt with prior. So, you know, it's uh, it's a scenario where, you know, I feel terrible for kids that are being pushed around like they're commodities at the moment. I mean, they have a right to to they have a, they deserve the innocence of their youth. They deserve to have a good place to live, and, and you know, and and we need to do a better job um, as as an overall collective of figuring out how to deal with this. We're but spe- we definitely need federal-level help. We're speaking with Amherst Town Supervisor Brian Culpa here on WBEN. Uh, you said that you were able to say where you would or would not feel comfortable housing if migrants were to be moved into Amherst. Beyond that, though, do you have much of a, a say into how this process works or— is it just kind of the state 
determining where to put people. And because Erie County was open to not anymore, but was open to accepting the people, the people who are already here are just kind of able to be moved around by the state. It's not even really a state, the state issue. The people who have to figure out where they're going are, are people from New York City. And the state's trying their best to, to, to jump in now. But, I mean, it's all on the municipality. The municipality has to deal with the private sector and deal with whether or not people want to lease hotel space. Um, it's, you know, the sad state of reality is it's up right now. It's, it's all it's municipal to municipal, but no, it's not a, it's not something that Amherst can, can directly control other than, you know, or anybody can control other than, you know, we hope that we have a decent enough relationship with, the city officials in New York that they're going to respect our wishes. And, and so far, um, you know, they've been trying to accommodate a lot of wishes from a lot of different voices in Western New York. So, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly where it's all going to end. Um, I can tell you that, you know, we want to make sure my priority with any of this is going to make sure that they, that, um, especially families with children don't end up in, a, in harm's way because they it got commingled into a into a bad spot or or, or put into a into a tough you know situation. And then you know if if there's kids and families and and if they are in Amherst, then we're going to want to make sure that you know the school districts or anybody else dealing with it are are ready for for the influx and. Um, you know, the bottom line is, you know, at some point we got to start treating kids like kids and families like families and just, you know, get over the fact that we've commoditized this idea. I mean, these are people at the end of the day. And, you know, when, when supervisors talk about them moving from one spot to another, speculate over all that, you know, at their board meetings, it's not helpful. Brian, thank you for being up front with us and joining us on short notice. Okay, no problem. Thank you. It's a very difficult topic. It is, and I hope uh, you'll stay in touch with us if anything changes. That's Amherst Supervisor Brian Kalpa. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.